is tough, rewarding, fun, hectic, and everything in between. And every Monday, it starts all over again. This is a podcast for moms by a mom, where we'll discuss everything from parenting to families, entertainment to health and fitness, and much more. Welcome to Monday Moms with your host, Tara Gray. Welcome to Monday Moms. I'm Tara Gray. Today's show is focusing on a couple nonprofits in the community. I would like to welcome Annie Andrews. She is the Director of Supply Chain Operations for Feedmore. Happy to have you join me today, Annie. Happy to be here. Thank you. For those that are not familiar with Feedmore, it's a nonprofit that serves the community in many, many ways. So Annie, would you like to tell us about all the programs that make Feedmore so important to our community? Uh, Absolutely, yes. Feedmore um, is the core hunger relief organization for Central Virginia. We cover 34 counties and cities, um, which include the Metro Richmond area. Um, We operate programs such as Meals on Wheels, We do a kids cafe after school program, a summer feeding program, and we partner with over 270 agencies, which include food pantries, soup kitchens, different types of shelters, and provide food to those organizations. Oh, that's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. So tell tell us, how did Feedmore begin? Um, Well, Feedmore, um, as, as it stands today, began in 2007. Uh, it was a merger between two organizations, uh, Meals on Wheels, which was started, um, I believe, in 1967. Um, it celebrated um, its anniversary a couple of years ago. And then the food, Central Virginia Food Bank was started in 1980. And those two organizations okay. had been operating independently for a, for a number of years. And then in 2007, there was an effort to build a community kitchen. They partnered together to build that kitchen continued to operate separately for a year and then found that the synergies between the organizations just worked out and they merged and Feedmore was born. Okay. So obviously there's a distribution center. It's a pretty large facility. Would you like to share a little bit about that's such an important factor of Feedmore, I'm sure. Yes. Our distribution center is located in the city of Richmond. Um, It's just under 100,000 square feet between two buildings. Um, Our community kitchen is located on one side of the building, um, and then our distribution center is on the other with our offices in between. Um, Our Mm -hmm. distribution center, we actually just completed a little over 18 months ago, a full cooler expansion. So we have a large walk-in cooler, a large freezer, and lots of dry storage space for the food that we have. Wow, that's wonderful. How many volunteers does Feedmore have um, on a daily basis? On a daily basis, it takes about 200 volunteers um, wow. to help us with our mission at Feedmore. And that's anywhere from working in the kitchen to going out and delivering meals on wheels. Okay. So one of the programs that you did mention was the Kids Cafe. Could you yes. share a little bit about uh, what the Kids Cafe is and then how that came to be? Absolutely. The Kids Cafe program um, is a program through uh, USDA, federal government. Um, it's under what's called CACFP. And of course, any, any, any U.S. government program usually has some sort of acronym like that. Um, and okay. CACFP or, or Kids Cafe, um, as it stands for us, is an after-school program. So those children that receive 
free and reduced lunch that are going to some sort of after-school care facility, this is an opportunity to provide them with the third meal of the day. And that program operates during the school year. It is still in operation right now. Even though some schools are closed, there are still some after-school child care facilities that are in operation, and we're still providing those meals. That's good to mention. Yes. Yeah, especially since school is not in. That's great. And then sort of partnered with that program is the summer feeding program, which happens in the summer. And uh, during that time of year, we provide breakfast and lunch to sort of that same group of kids. And we okay, are planning so to be in operations through the summer. I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask you that given, you know, their circumstances now, would the summer food service program continue as, as, as normal this summer? It will. Um, we right now have, I believe, 28 uh, partners signed up for the program. It's a little bit lower number than what we have usually, but it's still early in the registration process. Okay. Um, there is also another program that is obviously just as important as the others, but I'd like you to talk a little bit about your hunger hotline that you have. When a caller calls in, what could a caller expect to hear on the other end? What, um, I guess, will they, uh, will they expect to, you know, receive as far as information when they reach out to feed more in that way? Yeah, so our Hunger Hotline is staffed by a wonderful group of volunteers. Um, they are here Monday through Friday during the day. The number can okay. be called anytime and a, a message can be left, but someone will call you back. And when someone calls, they're going to just be asked a couple of quick questions, mostly to identify where the family is located and how um, how much of an emergency need there is for food. We do cover mm-hmm. such a large area and we're located here in Richmond. We might receive a call from somebody in Emporia or in Clarksville. Okay. We want to make sure that we're pairing that person who might be in need with a pantry and organization as close to them as possible and ones that we know that will be open that they can go to as soon as possible. Okay, so where, if someone was looking for that number, where would they be able to find the number? They can find that number on our website, which is feedmore.org. Okay, Um, thank you, that's good information. (laughs) Yeah, on our website, we also have a um, get help button and they can fill out a form there and someone will contact them as well. Okay. So um, when you actually go on the website, I see in very bold letters, it's thriving communities start with full plates. Is that yes. obviously kind of like a, your, your slogan, your kind of your uh, words to live by as far as obviously helping the community. Um, but you guys are so much more than that. <laughs> um, would you like to talk a little bit about the um, other program that you have, the Weekend Backpack? Yeah, our, our backpack program, um, we distribute with partners, schools um, throughout our service area. Um, what that is, is meals that can go out to kids and families that are in need, that need that extra support over the weekend. Again, kind of targeting those families that are receiving the free and reduced lunch program. Um, right now, we've actually okay. expanded that program a little bit. Um, we're making additional bags um, for those that do need that sort of that two-day emergency meal. Okay, so is there a form that, that would need to be filled out for that program? Uh, no, that program is managed with our partner communities and schools. Um, and so okay. those 
the school systems typically are the ones that would identify the kids and the families most in need for those programs. Okay, perfect. So I guess my uh, next question would be, how long have you been part of Feedmore? If you'd like to talk a little bit about how you um, came into Feedmore, how long you've been there, and then just um, any experiences that you've had that you'd like to share. Yes, um, I just celebrated my 11th anniversary at Feedmore in April. Um, Congratulations. Yes, thank you. I am now <laughs> the old lady on the block. Um, I, I was the newbie and I'm not anymore. Um, oh, that's nice. I came, I came to Feedmore um, through food service distribution um, from the time that I was in high school. I started working in restaurants, um, worked through in restaurants all the way through college. I went to work for a food service distributor, actually PFG, which is headquartered here in Richmond, um, had been working there for a number of years. And um, was a working mom. Uh, my kids were young and an opportunity to come to feed more presented itself. And it was just the perfect fit for me. It has provided me with an opportunity to, to do what I'm good at, which is to make food mm. available to people, um, but to do so in a way that is incredibly rewarding. And for me as a working mom has given me the autonomy and the flexibility to be both working and present in my kids' lives. Oh, that's really nice. That's that's really great to hear. Annie, thank you so much for taking some time to join me today on Monday Moms. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add as far as um, accessing information? Obviously, the website is probably uh, the the probably the, the best way to learn about uh, all the programs that we talked about, but even more. Yeah, yeah. The website is absolutely a wonderful way to learn more about Feed More if you're interested. If you are in need of food, the Hunger Hotline telephone number is 804-521-2500, extension 631. So if someone is in need, they can call today um, and talk to somebody that can help them. Um, and then really just to the community at large, you know, we have received a tremendous amount of support. Our partner agencies have received a tremendous amount of support and, and we thank everybody for what they've done. That's wonderful. Thank you so much again, Annie. Feedmore is very important to our community and I'm happy to be able to um, share all that information to the listeners today. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Next, I am joined by Kate Ayers. She is with the nonprofit Reestablish Richmond. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hey, Tara. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking some time to talk about Reestablish Richmond. Yeah, well, thanks for the invitation. As a Henrico resident who's also a mom, I feel like it, it works out well for the both of us. Oh, thank you. So you joined Reestablish Richmond in 2013, and I read uh, that you were motivated to join Reestablish Richmond after participating in Just Faith. Did you want to talk a little bit about how you came to uh, join Reestablish Richmond? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so a friend of mine had invited me to participate in a, the program Just Faith, where you kind of take a whole semester of exploring different issues around social justice. And um, I learned so much about so many issues, but the one that stood out to me was the refugee and immigrant crisis. And um, 
So I decided at the time to respond and to do something. And so I became a mentor um, to a family living in Himrico from the country of Eritrea. And mm. Commonwealth Catholic Charities were the was the organization that resettled them. And I got to know that family really well. Um, you know, they became a part of my own family. I was young and didn't have any children um, of my own. And so I we just learned how to do life together here in Henrico. Um, and, you know, that family continues 10, 12 years later to be a really important part of my life and my journey. Um, and then after that um, incident, that relationship, um, it was still, we were still connected, but I was still teaching in Henrico County and I decided um, that I wanted to work a little closer to home. And around that time, my friend Patrick Brawford, who's the founder of Reestablished Richmond, invited me to like a visioning night to learn mm -hmm. about what he wanted to do. And I walked out of that evening saying, this is my new career. I want to try something a little different. And so um, I joined uh, Patrick in 2013. Um, at the time, we had, you know, the nonprofit uh, status and a, a mission and a vision, mm -hmm. um, but we didn't have any kind of funding or um, any kind of programming per se. So um, my job with my background of edu in education was to get the program started. And um, yeah, and the last little part of that is I really got started learning to ride the bus system. Patrick said, we've been hearing from refugee communities that they can't get to where they need to go and Henrico, could you help teach them how to get there, get to places using the GRTC system? So I quickly learned. Um, it took me a while to figure it out, but um, we really got our start um, doing uh, those bus orientations and then slowly got to know the community and sort of their needs um, around transportation, but then other needs as well. Well, that's a great story that that family that you said you still have contact with. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a wonderful way to be introduced into reestablished Richmond. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it gives so much value to our volunteers will tell you that, you know, the families that they work with, um, their lives are enriched um, more probably than the families that they're um, been matched with. How has the coronavirus affected how the community is able to receive services? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, I feel like because we um, have always sort of been very, um, we've spent a lot of time in people's living rooms. So I mm -hmm. showed them how to ride the bus system, but then we decided to take a community-based model where we actually go to the communities that we serve and we go into their homes um, whenever we have a referral to really learn about them and sort of their needs and what kind of support systems they already have and what support systems they mm -hmm. need. Um, and I think because of that, um, the COVID situation really helped us pivot pretty quickly because mm -hmm. we already had established like deep trust in multiple immigrant and refugee communities. And so um, you know, all of our programming um, had to change and, and mm -hmm. all of our different aspects of our programming are still operating vir vir virtually. Um, but 
what we decided to do from day one is to create a list of different community liaisons that we knew we had established relationships with. These are people who also support their larger communities because maybe they have English or um, they've been trained facilitators or trained interpreters um, working with different agencies. And so we just created a list of like 40 different people from like 10 different refugee and immigrant communities and started reaching out to them. And we reach out to them biweekly and find out, you know, what's going on with their community and what needs they have. Um, and it's been a really, I feel like one of the strongest ways that we've been able to, um, really understand what the experiences of our community, um, is, you know, how, how their lives have changed. And then it's helped us sort of change how we deliver services to meet those needs. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely, before, um, our mission was really focused on learn long-term self-sufficiency. So we are looking at like, how can we get people to drive on their own and to go to the grocery store and pay their bills and get a better job. And so this definitely has created a situation where we've had to focus more on the basic needs of families. So how do they pay rent, making sure they do have food, um, those kinds of things. So I, I also would like to have you talk a little bit about uh, World Refugee Day. Is that going to continue as planned in June Mm -hmm. or is there a plan B? Right, right. Well, I don't know how many of your listeners know about this event, but it's turned into quite a Henrico event for the local refugees and immigrants. Um, And partner with the Tuckahoe YMCA, we have had this big community resources fair um, for the last seven years, actually. And every year the event like doubles in size and the Y keeps on doubling the capacity of the space that they let us use. And it's really Uh an exciting day where last year we had over 800 immigrants and refugees come together under the roof of the YMCA. And they had, were able to get information from 40 different community vendors and health and education and employment and citizenship and um, you name it, um, a local organization was there. They also have an opportunity that they open up their big rock climbing area. So there's a big party for children and we have oh, food great. and soccer competitions. It's one of the most anticipated events, I think, for our clients every year. Um, and so unfortunately, you know, we decided that we needed, we had to cancel the in-person fair um, for for 2020. Um, but we are working to put together some virtual um, events. So our plan is to have kind of mirror some of the same things that happen on that day. So we're going to um, create a schedule uh, during the week leading up to World Refugee Day, which is June 20th. And we'll have, you know, through Facebook, because that's primarily the kind of common denominator where a lot of our clients um, have access to Facebook. And so we're going to put like crafts that they can do with their kids that are easy and should have things in their home already to do. And we're going to produce a resources video, um, with some of the vendors that typically come to the fair and we're going to get it translated into various languages and we'll release a different language every day of that video of that week. And just, um, storytelling, um, of local refugees and immigrants, um, here and living in Richmond, but mostly in, in Henrico as well. So um, we have a website where we'll be posting the, you know, the um, 
schedule of events and we'll be promoting it through social media and our email list. So interesting. Um, it sounds fun. Yeah. It really does yeah. sound fun. So yeah. the, the fair, obviously, like you just said, for this June is canceled. Um, yes. I'm assuming um, you guys probably are hoping to pick back up next year. You know, Richmond loves yeah. fairs and festivals. I so. know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It, we definitely see it as just a, a one-year hiatus. We were just repacking all of our World Refugee Day, like, stuff and, you know, saving it away for next year. So that's nice. Very, very good. So uh, transportation, you mentioned. Yeah. I understand that you also can help with economic empowerment, community engagement, obviously, that goes without saying, and um, health and witness. Did you health and wellness? Did you want to share a little bit about the community engagement? Um, yeah. Aspect of it? Yeah, yeah. So, well, I can talk a little bit. Economic empowerment is our newest program area. And it is a right now, it looks like a sewing program, we hope to expand, expand it into other job training, financial empowerment type of programming. But right now we have a Gila women's sewing group. And this sewing group has been going on for the last probably five years. But um four of those years or four and a half of those years have been under an organization. Reestablish Richmond helped that organization get it going. But then that organization in January closed its doors. And because of our history supporting it, um, we, we have um, added it to our programs. um, And unfortunately the group of women, it's a sewing certification class. And at the end, they, um, the women get various levels of certification for job readiness. And, um, many of the women have actually gone on about 15 women have actually gone on to get jobs in sewing related fields, um, alterations, companies, David's bridal, um, and other factories, which is really cool. And the, the reason why I say, unfortunately, the most current class, they were like two days away from their graduation when we had to shut down the Mm. program due to COVID. But our program director decided the next week to deliver sewing machines to everyone's home and provide them, yeah, fabric um, and created how-to videos so that they can make masks. And the women have been making masks for their home. And we have actually donated over 500 masks that have been made by the Gila Sewing Program and the volunteers that help run it, Um, which is, yeah, just a really cool way for the community to, to give back. Um, it is. For this sure. is so nice. This is giving me the warm fuzzies. Oh, good. <laughs> this, <laughs> so also, uh, there is also a way for citizens to get help with the 2020 census. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a whole um, series of information on our website translated for different language groups. Um, to just share the importance of the census. And I've been working with Henrico County and local um, food pantries to get the translated flyers about the importance of the census to people who need it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were hopeful to do a little bit bigger of a push through our World Refugee Day in-person event. And so hopefully we'll be able to really integrate some information about the census in our virtual World Refugee Day Um because, um, you know, it's super important um, now more than ever to make sure mm-hmm. that we have accurate counts of um, more vulnerable communities. Mm-hmm. Well, before we say goodbye, would you like to 
share with anyone listening if they would like to volunteer how would they go about volunteering and what is needed to yeah. I guess, fill out a form what what do they have to do yeah so we have everything um, on our website. So you just visit our website at www.reestablishrichmond.org. And you can, on there, you can learn about um, different kinds of volunteer roles. You can um, sign up to attend a volunteer orientation and then training um, online. And I, I, I say that, but I do think that we are putting our summer training on hold Mm -hmm. um, we just trained a group of 30 volunteers and we're just kind of slowing things down um, until we see sort of what the needs are, what kind of new needs are right. emerging. Um, and so if you are really motivated and excited and you don't see a volunteer training or orientation date to sign up for, um, mm -hmm. definitely you can just email us at volunteers at reestablished Richmond. It's all on the website and say, mm -hmm. I really want to get involved. Um, the ways our volunteers are helping out right now, they're delivering food. We go and get food from food pantries every week, and then we distribute it to families um, that we work with who have a hard time getting to food pantries or the, you know, grab and goes at the schools. Um, our volunteers are working with some of our clients virtually. So we've had, um, we've started matching them using Zoom or Skype um, with with families so that they can help them continue their English learning um, journey or apply for citizenship or just, you know, apply for things like unemployment. Mm -hmm. um, still, our transportation program is still running virtually. So we're doing Skype classes. Um, our volunteers are, um, we are going to have some opportunities for volunteers to do more office type work, clerical work, okay. um, things that people can do from home. Um, we, you know, on our website, you can see, um, if people want to make a financial contribution, we are in the middle of our spring campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, and our goal is to raise $30,000 by June 20th, which is world refugee day. Mm -hmm. And anyone who makes a donation of any amount between now and then will get invited to our special breaking bread series. Um, we're going to do a virtual dinner and movie night for families. Um, if, so you, if you make a donation, you'll get a packet of an educational packet with a link to watch the movie with reestablished Richmond staff. And, um, the, the movie is called the breadwinner, by the way, and it's great for kids, probably upper middle, upper elementary to middle and, and then all the way to adulthood about, um, the situation in Afghanistan and a young girl who, um, just, you know, works with her family to help provide food and, basic needs in Afghanistan. And it's a beautiful movie. Um, and it definitely mirrors and there's a lot of parallels between the movie and um, the Afghan community here, because one of the largest communities of refugees right now in Richmond are from Afghanistan. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really appreciate you. This has been a lot of good information, obviously very informative. And I appreciate it again, you sharing that. Yeah. And yeah. it's such an important nonprofit here in our community. And yeah. I hope people will take a look at the website. And yeah. I, I hope you have a great day. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tara. Have a great day. 
Monday Moms is a production of T3 Media, LLC, and the Henrico Citizen. New episodes appear every Monday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. For more sponsorship information, email Tara Gray at tara at henricocitizen.com.